Hi, this is Kara from the Pure Rock Shop, and you're listening to 91.7 FM WNJR Pittsburgh. Today we have Matthew Nelson on the line. How are you doing today, Matthew? I am doing swell. I'm excited to talk to you. Excited to come out there and play. Absolutely. I think um, the last time I saw you guys locally was a um, show in tribute to your father out at the Palace in Greensburg, and that's probably almost a decade ago, so very excited to have a show um, back in Pittsburgh area. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's going to be kind of a different a different vibe, too, so it'd be nice for, for you to see if, uh, if those guys got any better or any worse, or if Gunnar is still not as attractive as Matthew, all that kind of stuff. You'll get to see that. <laughs> so what can we... <laughs> <laughs> what, what can we expect from an evening with Matthew and Gunnar Nelson? Well, kind of like a little bit of, of everything. I mean, Gunnar and I were, were sitting down just type, type, kind of thinking that uh, the nexus of everything that we've done has always been the two brothers singing together, normally with acoustic guitars. I mean, that's really how we broke our, our band and our projects. That's how we got our first recording contract. Uh, in my opinion, that's the truth teller. And it kind of started mm-hmm. from there. Not that this show is going to be an all-acoustic show. Okay. It's not. But I think what we wanted to do was, was get in an environment where we could kind of take what we learned with doing things from Nelson to the Ricky Nelson Remembered show that we've done to our Christmas shows that we do every year mm-hmm. and kind of hone it into one thing. Not that we're not going to cover Christmas either, but we're going to tell the stories of everything that we've been through. We're okay. going to rock it up a bit. We're going to, you know, get, uh, get intimate and stuff like that. But more importantly, you know, you're going to leave feeling like you got more than you expected. And, and if you weren't a fan, you'll, you'll be a fan. If you are a fan, you'll love it even more. Do you find that you guys get multiple generations of fans at your shows? Yeah, we do. And regardless of what we have on the marquee, and that's kind of nice. I mean, uh, it's always interesting for me to play a hard rock show with Nelson, you know, and, and see 70-year-olds in the audience a little confused at first and then getting into it. You right. know, and vice versa, you know, we see the other thing, which is we'll play a, uh, a nostalgia show with, with Ricky Remembered and, and we'll have Nelson fans there who might not have grown up with that music but really dig it when we play it because mm-hmm. they can really kind of feel that in the, as a through line of what we do musically. It's in there somewhere. And, right. um, you know, the way that we present the shows, it's almost kind of like a live version of an A&E biography anyways. So yeah. even if you're, you're not a fan of any of it, you get something out of it. And, you know, we're, uh, we're seeing a lot of people bringing their kids who are bringing their kids. So we have four generations usually coming to shows now. Um, last time I saw that, honestly, was with, with our father. So mm-hmm. I'm honored. Yeah, I know um, when I saw that show in Greensburg, I took my mom. She's a huge fan, fan of your dad's. And, um, see? See? We know yeah. what we're doing when we put that together. There you go. Right. Okay, cool. Well, uh-huh. her name's Mary Lou, so she, um, you know... <laughs> Loved your so father, that, yeah. For those for those folks that don't know, our pop had a monster hit with a song called "Hello Mary Lou." So your mom has not only a theme song, but if you look up on YouTube, uh, Led Zeppelin did an incredible version of "Hello Mary Lou" live, as well as Queen live at Wembley. Frank oh Mercury wow! Sang "Hello Mary Lou." So uh, we're in good company. Uh, that's awesome. I didn't I didn't know that. So we'll have to share those with her as well. And um, oh yeah. You know, I took my two daughters to um, see you guys on the Monsters of Rock cruise, and um, we um, filmed some video for Grandma, and um, now my oldest daughter is a fan as well, so we'll all be at the show. So um, it doesn't surprise me that you get that type of a crowd, because I think that um, it's it's a cool environment, especially to hear the history. Um, You guys have a very famous family, so um, great stories to tell. 
Yeah, there are a lot of stories to tell. If you went uh, on the last Monsters of Rock cruise, we yes. played it as an acoustic duo, and we did that on purpose. You know, we were supposed to play full band, and I kind of looked at the lineup, and I also, I'm not stupid, I also knew that Gunnar and I were decidedly on the uh, on the less bluesy, poppier edge of that type of music. And the funny thing is, we're, we're friends with, with kind of everybody in that world, mm-hmm. but we kind of had our own world that we created. You know, we were like the rock band that, that broke on pop radio. Right. So a lot of those, a lot of those bands kind of back in, in those times kind of, uh, you know, uh, detached from, from us because they really don't know what to make of it. And I think one thing that we wanted to do with the Monsters of Rock thing was Gunnar and I decided, we talked to our manager, a guy named Dana Strump. He's a, he plays in the band Slaughter. Yeah. And we, we thought, we want to do something that you can't hide behind, you know, because to me it's a big cup of shut up when you can get up there with an acoustic guitar and your voice and move a big crowd. And, and the biggest crowd Gunnar and I ever played for in our careers, honestly, live was 60,000 people, and it was just acoustic. And so when bands like, you know, Tesla, who I've always been a fan of, or even mm-hmm. Bon Jovi, you know, uh, I think it's a big, uh, Boston, it's a big part of what they do. Um, I think it's because we all sit around writing songs that way. Yeah. And, and I thought it was nice. Of, you know, hopefully it was a breath of fresh air in, in a week of, uh, in a few days of nothing but people yelling at you and, and, you know, in some cases not playing as well as they used to back in those times. Well, um, it was a nice show to just sit down and take it all in. And, um, you know, you guys are so talented, so it really, you know... It, it was it was nice. It was it was a really good show. So well, thank yeah. you. One of us is yeah. more talented than the other one, but don't okay. tell us which. Okay. All okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, will you guys have a backing band with you at this show at Jurgles, or is it going to be the two of yeah. you acoustic? No, no, okay. we will. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go electric, and uh, okay. I think it, I think it'll be a I think it'll be a really good time. Uh, the show that we we've engineered uh, goes to both places. You know, plugged in and not plugged in. And I think um, that's because we generally do that anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think people like that. I mean, as, as somebody that likes to go see shows myself, I kind of like to have a dynamic performance. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so hopefully by the time we get there, you know, we're going to have, you know, learn how to play our instruments and do a good job. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it's, um, it's going to be fun. And, and I want to do a whole lot more of these, these evening with shows because, as I said, we can cover so much more ground that yeah. way. Um, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old, and Gunnar's even older than I am. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, you know, we're going to be 52 on September 20th. And, okay. you know, I still feel like I'm 17 inside, which is great. I just yeah. creak a little bit now. And um, the music is kind of keeping me young. And to be able to have all those years of playing and traveling and, and the people that I've met and to be able to talk about it, I think is really kind of fun and it's interesting. So I've got to ask you, um, you know, what was it like growing up around so many generations of talented pe- people? Did you feel pressure to be a performer? Or did you know that was always what you wanted to do? It's funny. You know, everybody says, you know, they, they push you into it. The truth was, Gunnar and I can't remember not wanting to play music. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, they, they, our dad formed his, his comeback band. It was called the Stone Canyon Band in our nursery. He pushed our, our cribs aside uh, and, and, and put this band together to make a comeback that wound up, you know, he had a huge song with a uh, guard party that he wrote, right. but it was, um, you know, he was retired when he did that and, and put the band together and, and stuff. So from the, the, our earliest memories were people coming over with long hair and playing music in our nursery and, 
you know, our dad's bass player, Randy Meisner, formed the Eagles three years later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the guys that hung out at the house, yeah, I stayed in our show. You know, Dylan was at our house, and George Harrison was our neighbor, and he ate breakfast with us all the time, and Mama Cass babysat us. And, and, I mean, look, it was the Hollywood Hills in the late 60s, so it was trippy anyways, mm-hmm. you know? It just was. And um, everybody knew everybody. Uh, everybody was cool with everybody. You know, everybody was smoking out together, whatever. But we were kind of like Hollywood Hills hippie kids growing up. So it was really normal for us. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have known what it was like any other way. And frankly, everybody around us, including our family on both sides, was famous. So I just thought that was normal, too. And I think it was helpful in the sense that, it, it's you know, I, I never have those freak out moments. I had one, one freak out moment, and I always knew that it was coming. And it was that if I ever met Paul McCartney, I knew I was going to turn into one of those guys. You know, like, what was I going to say? And I got a chance to meet him a couple of years ago. Uh, it turns out, you know, he was a big fan of our fathers, and they were friends, and uh, he was supposed to produce our father the year that he died and it just never came to pass and mm. he heard that uh, we want to go to his show and, and I got a phone call right the last minute saying he wanted to meet us before his concert at the Bridgestone here in Nashville and I'll just say long long and short of it was, it was a surreal experience because I was lined up waiting for him to make his appearance backstage with Reba McIntyre uh, Brooks and Dunn Rascal Flatts and the drummer from Bad Companies Simon Kirk and mm. And we were all little kids going, you know, going to a Beatles concert. And he showed up, and he he went right past Reba and everybody to us at the back of the line, grabbed me by the face, and said, "Don't you look like your daddy?" Aww. And he couldn't have been sweeter and kinder, and and melted my heart, you know. And and, and honestly, I cried through the show five times because he's like a hero of mine. And talk about somebody that is inspiring because he, he literally changed the world with his music, yeah. you know. And and, um, you know, the other day I was kind of feeling down on what was kind of happening in, in this place that we live in, you know, how completely chaotic and divisive it is. And, and the song Let It Be came on from the back seat. My little boy is a Beatles fan. He's five years old. Mm-hmm. And he started playing Let It Be over the Bluetooth in the car. And I just started tearing up again, just thinking, man, this song was written a long time ago, but it's, it's what we need right now. It's still the truth. Right. You know? And uh, that's that's the power of music for me and why I've, I've just been addicted to doing what I do. I feel like I'm the luckiest person that's ever lived. And it hasn't all been hunky-dory. You know, nobody's is. I don't care who you come from or what you've been around. I mean, my parents had a world record divorce, you know, the worst one in history until mine. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you that, you know, we've had great times and we've been down to $17 living out of a car. I mean, I know both sides of it. And through it all, music has kept me company and has gotten me through the times that, uh, both both types of times, you know, good and bad. And I'm just really, uh, I'm honored and proud that I, I make any kind of contribution to, to that. Because I think that in general, not to sound all, you know, woo-woo, but it just makes the world better and we need it right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely nice to have something to take you away from your day to day and make you smile. So, yeah, and especially yeah. if you're doing it right, you yeah. know, people get a message out of it. It's one thing being background music; it's another thing making an impact on people. Right. And, and so, uh, and you know, there's room for both of that in the music world. It's just I, you know, I don't think I'd be as uh, fulfilled if I did EDM. You know, for me, mm. I'm a songwriter uh, the old school yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, what do you guys have in store for the rest of the year aside from these evening with shows? I um, caught you with Scrap Metal last fall. Um, any of those fun shows coming up? I love Scrap Metal shows. Yeah. The last one we did was with Lita Ford, Mark Slaughter, um, Kip Winger, and Dee Snyder. Oh, fun. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, I, mean, I saw D the first was, time this past year. He actually played Jurgles, and that was incredible to see him play a small oh, venue yeah. like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's you know, come on. He's Godfather of Rock. Yeah. You know? It was amazing. And Lita Ford, the queen of metal. I mean, and I get to yeah. play with these people. And, and the next night I'll go and do a country show. I mean, what a life I have, you know? It's pretty <laughs> cool. But uh, we're trying to do as many of those as we can. As you can imagine, the toughest part is wrangling all these people that still have active music careers uh, yeah, together. right. You know? Right. And what I love about that is for anybody that has, uh, you know, has luck and can see a scrap metal show, I, I love bands like, you know, look, Steel Panther, those those guys are friends of mine, and I sang on the first two albums. I sang mm. the backup on, on the first two albums. And I love what they do because it's like an homage, even the funny parts of all that stuff that was completely excessive and, yeah. you know, time-specific. I love it. But when you see a scrap metal show, it's the lead singers of the songs. Right. That were hits. right. Yeah. It's not people interpreting them. It's like, it's those guys and yeah. or girls. And uh, go see one of those because the cast characters always revolves. It's always fun. And we play our three or four biggest hits and then move on. And how cool is that, man? It's like a, you know, it's an all-star review. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, yeah. I think it's, yeah. And, and so we, we'll do as many of those as we can. Gunnar and I, uh, every November now, for the last, this will be our fifth year, we do a Christmas show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we actually recorded a double-sided uh, Christmas album that became a hit. You know, we had uh, two top fives in a row a couple of years ago on the Billboard charts with uh, the holiday chart, which is tough to do because we're going up against things like as songwriters, Bing Crosby and Mariah right. Carey and, you know, all that, Elvis Presley, you know, and, and we were in the top 10 uh, two years in a row on that. And so we take that out and tour it. And that's really kind of cool. It goes through three generations of Nelson family Christmases, you know, and um, that's always fun. I'll be honest with you. Completely different show. It's not like, hey, it's our regular show. We threw in a couple of Christmas songs. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like a Christmas show. But it's very, um, it's very us, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's acoustic folky kind of thing, and if you get a chance to go online and listen to uh, our hit this Christmas, you'll get kind of what we're doing, okay. and I'm, I'm proud of it, because I, I think we made, uh, we made a double-sided album that's probably one of our, our best, to be honest with you, out of the 15 that we've done. Uh, I, I love the fact that we went at it like, we want to make something that our kids are going to listen to, and their kids are going to listen to for the next hundred years. We didn't, it wasn't a cash grab. It was like, we really, we spent some time on it and okay. uh, I'm really proud of it. So that's going to happen probably the end of the year. I think we have uh, 15 or 20 shows booked right now for, for a Christmas show. So it's like November through uh, January 1. Excellent. Well, <laughs> yeah. we definitely look forward to seeing you here in Pittsburgh and hopefully um, get to catch another scrap metal show or a Christmas show, which I haven't seen yet. So, um, oh. Cool. Yeah, um, but I'll, I'll be sharing this online, so um, you know maybe right people in other cities will get to um, catch you somewhere else as well. So we'll see you on the 22nd at Jurgles in Warrendale, and um, looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Matt, for joining us today on WNJR. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I'm going to stop talking and uh, get to rocking. I'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Bye. Goodbye.